0: Yeah, I diverted off the plan. I felt it was best for me to close out this chapter of the series that I really needed to move on and work on me, you know. Rehashing and going down this memory lane has been taxing on me mentally. I'm still going through the process of grieving. That's something that you just really don't get rid of in months this is something that goes on for the rest of your life it doesn't get any it doesn't get any easier for me as a, as I've been seeing or as I've been feeling for the last couple of last couple of weeks but I want to close out the chapter of When My World Crumbled because this, this is truly when everything was just crashing down 2022. It was kind of a bit of a blur. And then I had to think about the trip to Atlanta. So I took, um, so we planned, me and the, the podcast, Town Hall, things aside, we planned on going to Atlanta for the Black Podcasters uh, Festival slash Conference. And in my ideal, we, I felt that 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 trip was supposed to accomplish us getting to getting more acclimated with each other. You know, we've been friends, we've been family for such a long damn time. Getting acclimated together was kind of weird. Getting it's kind of weird as it is because we we are acclimated, we are we are a family, but we ain't never done a trip together before. So that was a that was a whole different dynamic, and you know, and. Uh, we bought, got ourselves a really, really nice Airbnb. So I was thinking new content, new podcast um, episodes, and stuff like that. And I felt that we had agreed to doing, we agreed to doing some of those things, or agreed to doing it. And what really happened was a lot of things. One we we, went, we wanted to buy uh, a rental for the um so for us, for us to drive around, the the fucking people, whether they named thrifty, they dicked us around. Had um Jane standing on a whole fucking line for two almost two hours, telling them even if we could bought through a third party, that we were gonna still get a get a rental, and we didn't and we didn't get a rental, so we was dicked out of eighty bucks each of each of us so that sucked completely um we only recorded one episode of so, well you know what I ended up giving that episode to Velvet Durags because it was completely an episode based off, of, off the subject matter so it was better off being a Velvet Durags episode but everything that we really agreed on doing in terms of trying to, like, to expand how the show is, we didn't do it, and it caused and it caused frustration to myself. Like everybody was was gonna have fun and do whatever they wanted to do, and I'm here specifically to say, hey, we got all this nice stuff. We could utilize this into making it, it. You know. Don't, I don't want to, like, rehash this, Neva, but it just feels like no one really gets... Not, it's not even them. Uh, it's me. I, I put 110% behind everything I do. Maybe a 1,000, maybe a 1,000,000% into everything I, I do. But I, if I believe in something, I'm going to drop everything that was really, truly important and put everything into it. My whole goal, my whole, my whole emphasis on everything I was trying to do was to make sure that all, that all four of us was good in this space of podcasting. And some people want to go about it their way, and I'm just used to to my ways. I'm used to just doing about it. The more professional, the more how I. I analyze other people who are, who are who are who have made it are going through it, and I just it got to a point when we got to the uh, the conference. Now, no no shade to them and nothing, but I knew a major a majority of all the lessons that were being taught in, in this whole thing. I really got nothing out of it. Because I felt like I already done my research. I've always I've always known what, what what I've had to do. I felt that it was more of a thing that they needed more than me. Because, you know, they came up to me telling me things that I probably have told them. But you know what my thing is with, with that? Was that I am not the best communicator. I'm not the best. Shit, I'm not the best leader. I didn't want to be a leader. I wanted people to show initiative for what I wanted people to know, that these these guys had ownership of this IP. And I wanted them to show that they had ownership of this IP by taking initiative to certain things and not having to ask me about it. Or if we, if there is something we collect, or we sit down, we agree or disagree on it. And there have been times we've done that. But majority of the decision-making has gone to me. And I just, I didn't want everything that was going on in my life at this point. I just couldn't. I couldn't really, like... I couldn't make all of the damn decisions. I couldn't. I'm making decisions on things that I really don't want to make decisions on in life right now. It just just fucked with me. And, you know, the aftermath of that trip was that my vibe just wasn't the best on that trip. And... No one just seemed to understand why. And I'm just tired of just feeling as if it's just me. And maybe it is me. It is me. I'm too passionate for what I really want in life. But if I feel like there's a point where someone's going to slow me down, I'm going to show that. And that's going to be in frustration. That's going to be in disappointment. And that's just going to be like, you know. It was a lot of things that were going through my head throughout that trip. I just was like, after a while, I just acted on my own. Because at this point, I realized it was a trip that was supposed to be fun for them. And no one wasn't really, and I think people really at that time took the podcast as a job or work or a hobby or whatever. What you know, yeah, it could be that. But it could be the job that you have control over. You don't have to answer to nobody for shit like nothing. And that's what I tried to instill a little bit. But it just, you know, it just didn't work. It didn't get interpreted as, as that so you know people like they took the trip as being fun and i just was upset throughout the entire trip because i i sit down and i plan how these contents are going to come out how these things are going to come out and then when nothing none of that happens it's a sense of disappointment of all the time you put in but you know i i, I have a shitty attitude It's, that's that's how I had to look at that whole entire thing it's just that everything's gonna be on me because I'm the impromptu leader of everything and you know that's fine you know and I'll say there were some instances where I, I needed to get the shit out slept out of me like there were some times during that trip where I, I, I was just acting the fuck out for no reason and I had to admit that like Everybody wanted to go to Waffle House. I was like, I ain't going no fucking Waffle House. Yeah. I, I knew that I was wound the fuck out. I had to sit down and be like, Why I give that shit so much vitral? I just really just don't like waffle house. But everybody else does and I'm like Yeah, I kinda killed everybody's shit with that one. But the whole part of me like going off of my own and leaving the house, like I didn't wanna like tell nobody anything because I'm still to this day trying to yeah. accept where I am with my, my, my body and my med- and being on medication and having to change my lifestyle a little bit and that's being diabetic and like you know if people want to sleep in they can sleep in that's cool but I gotta eat food in order to take med- medication So, you know, I'm sorry if I had to leave the house and go and get something to eat. We didn't have food in the house at the time. It was like the first day we actually woke up. You know, like, if that was one of the issues, then, I'm, then you know, I'm sorry. But I had to think for me at that moment. And when I, I left the conference and after the intermission, I just wasn't feeling well. And after a while, I just got tired of other internal things that I just was like, I can I can deal with this loss. Really, I could not have. <laughs> I was really dealing with some financial issues after this fucking trip. It was crazy. We all had issues after this trip. Just let's, let's be honest with them, that whole thing. But I really think that trip was the beginning of the end, or it was just more of. It showed where I could go, I can get to, where they can go in terms of mentalities of how we can clash. And it makes sense, you know. And, you know, the aftermath was just pretty much, you know, they didn't like certain things that were said during the trip, you know, they didn't like certain things that were being internalized that it was made ahead on the trip. And it just was a lot of things that I won't disclose any more of because, you know, like I said, we're a family and we we'll talk it out. We had a two month hiatus that we were, where, you know, maybe they they didn't speak to me, they probably spoke amongst themselves. Because no one no one truly beats with each other. It's just me. That's what I look at it as. Um so back to the story. Because the podcast is always part of the story. Because I want you people to understand. like My mom understood. What I wanted in life. In terms of doing this podcast. So She understood what I was influenced by. Because she she used to listen to it. Combat Jack. Attack Stone. Uh, Brilliant Idiots. The Reed. Um, Joe Button. Like. She understood that I wanted to be in that space, and that this space has been helping me do amazing things that I don't think anybody has can get to. I always tell people like podcasting is something that opened that that made me understand that anybody can have a voice. It's all about what you can do with that voice and what what actual opinions you're going to come up with. I've always said that and I've always felt like there were conversations that I've had that I felt like I'm being that I'm an independent thinker I don't, I don't, I don't describe to what the fuck Kanye West is trying to say when he says he's an independent thinker but I don't think like everyone else and that's going to be something that's going to be explored on the 10th episode which will be called Group Thinking in the Matrix Uh, I hope to have some people on for that one. Uh, But my mom always knew what I wanted to do in music. But then when she saw me doing podcasting and doing gym radio and doing, I had the show with um, Machio at uh, Caesar at one point with Indigo podcast. I've been doing this for a very long time. I've been making up all these ideas of what's going to be the next thing, what's going to be the next thing, if one thing doesn't work. And that's always been my thing. I always will have a backup plan in what I'm really, truly passionate about. And I'm my mother just knew that when I was doing all things aside, I was at my most happiest during her fight I enjoyed being around my friends but what I started also realizing was that I was developing a persona throughout that podcast that once when the podcast was over that persona never existed again until it's time to actually record again and I'm gonna go a little bit more and after I' I'm, I'm gonna go a little bit and that's going to be explained a lot more further into the episode because now I started really, really thinking about it. It is a, it's something I can turn off and it's something I can turn on. And it's some, it is a part of you that can make the switch go in the middle and it can stay there. And it's the, the standoffish, the the introvert, I mean, there's a the part of you that's like open with what the fuck is in your head and open with open with, not being, you know, ashamed of who you are as a person. Um, like I said, like, we're gonna, we gonna talk about that a little further into the episode. My mom did not, she knew that this helped me throughout this because I'm going to work I don't like my job and the only highlight I have is seeing my mom when I walk home when I come into my house and then every and then any other Saturday when I'm going to record the show I enjoyed walking in to pro studios the dojo getting everybody getting everybody together and we're just we're sitting, we're just trying, like, to, we're trying, we're trying to gel, we're gelling, and we're trying to get our heads in, in the game, and then we go and do our show, and we kick, we kick ass. It's our ritual, it's how we did things, and we was incredible at what we did. And you can't even deny that we weren't, we were, we can't even deny that shit. You know? And that's why, you know. I hate the fact that I, 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 I stifled certain things because I was afraid of us not being ready. I also had lofty goals for that podcast that I don't think we truly were ready for. And maybe it was, it was too much of me talking those lofty goals that no action was really being made. And I hate when people do that. and it, It's just crazy that I did that shit myself. So back to the story. My mom underwent extensive chemo during this time. The numbers weren't going down the at the rate that the treatment used to do. So her doctor felt the need to extend her treatment for a couple more for a couple more months and We spent Thanksgiving together Christmas together and all of it was great now we was getting ready to travel we are going to PA again we usually go to um, PA for New Years and my mother fell ill before then she just had gotten her treatment but she also gets a shot called um, Neuralasta which is like a bone marrow stimulant and it helps to bi- create white blood cells after cancer treatments. Why was that shot really needed? I'm going to tell you. There have been times when my mom has came home crying because she couldn't get treatment. Because her levels of blood, red blood cells or white blood cells or her immune system was not, was not good enough to take treatment. She was like, I want to get this over with. I want to get this treatment over with. If I don't get the treatment, then the numbers go up, and this and that. So they found a way to keep it at a level where she can get treatment and not have it be in question every time. This neural shot injected my like blood cells right after a cancer treatment. And what it caused was a lot of issues, to be honest. First of all, it caused bone pain. I was just like, you already have issues with your legs, with the neuropathy. You barely can feel your legs. But now you're going to have bone pain from this, from this one little shot. And this time, I think because of the extended nature of her treatment, I guess she had a bad side effect from it that made her have some, some stomach issues because she always kept getting the shot in her stomach. So I just didn't get during the time when we was in the hospital and then trying to figure out what was the cause of me and her get sick in the hospital. No one didn't think about talking about that shot because that's where it was administered. It was administered in her stomach. So she ended up getting the shot in the stomach. She started having adverse effects. And she forced me to leave. Jersey. Like, she forced me to leave. I was getting ready to stay. I was going to cancel my tickets. And I was going to stay. But she was like, hell no. Get out. <laughs> um, so I was late for my first train. And I kept checking on my mom periodically just to see how she was doing. But in the back of my mind, the way I left her, I just, I just felt a certain way about it. She was just bedridden. She was just not moving. And, like, you know, I would just be sitting next to her and before I, before I took my Uber and left. And I just was like, hey, like, I will stay. I don't care. Like, I'd rather... i rather be... have someone here, but thank God my, my uncle was there. Um... But every time, I kept checking periodically. She would be... She would answer the phone. That's, that was like my... That was like my saving grace at times. I, if, when she answered the phone, I'd feel relief. And then by the time I... Get out the train. I meet my aunts. We're in the car. By the time we get to the restaurant and we're getting ready to eat lunch, I get the, we get the call from my uncle that he had to take my mom to the hospital. I was in complete shambles, and that, that trip was probably the worst trip I ever had because she was in the back of my mind the whole time. But, you know, they they assured that everything would be okay. And when I came back to Jersey, I didn't know what to think, what to expect. So chemo was no longer doing what it needed to do. And her oncologist, Dr. Bedeen, switched her to immunotherapy. Immunotherapy is two medicines called Keytruda and Levima. Chemotherapy, I'm going to tell you some things. As weird as it is, chemotherapy gave my mother an excellent quality of life than immunotherapy ever did. My mom was bedridden for th- until two days before her next administered treatment. Even as short as the treatments were in terms of administering them, because remember, chemotherapy took six, five to six hours to administer to my mother. Immunotherapy only took 30 minutes. But it had the most worst effects possible. So by the time of her second treatment, which was on my birthday, on February 8th, you know, on my birthday, we usually go out and we eat together, you know, we usually do our thing. And she just didn't know she was going to be able to do it. She, she's already been through the first doggone go-around with this damn medication. And it don't seem like it's gonna change any, any it doesn't seem like it's gonna change. But my mom's a motherfucking warrior. Let's get, this, let's get this let's get this straight. She came home mad early. Said hey, let me get my let's go get my money from from uh from social security and like, let's go to Tops now I you know Tops is my favorite place to go went to Tops went to Tops for breakfast didn't have to wait for nothing we sat down, we ate food bought a couple cakes, came home and just chilled out my birthday so just remember my mom just had a second treatment back to the podcast so um All things aside right now, even though they, they, I tried to word this whole thing as being uh, a season finale and a hiatus, but everybody took it as this is it. Cause I really wanted to sit down and talk this whole thing out better than what I've ever done it before. Because you know, when, when I talk things out with people, I just don't say shit. I just let people say what they want to say and say sorry and that's it. And I'm like, that was, that's always been my thing. I don't even want to like, I don't want to argue. Just say what you want to say. Say all the things that you felt. And that's it. Like I'm not here to fight no one. But, you know, I did talk about. switched the switch of being the entertaining podcaster and then be switching back to being me who's an introvert don't like being around people all too much sadly and what happened was we had a podcast we had a guest and we agreed over the subjects of what was going to be pertaining that podcast and none of it was done. And in my mind, after a while, when I started realizing that nothing was being done, and, I was, and everything was being changed around, I'm like, I'm not prepared. I don't want to say nothing. That's going to sound stupid. I want to make sure there is a bit of, of some intelligence there. But, I don't, but I'm not prepared for all the conversations that we're just having right now just because of the fact that people are here. Yeah. No one gets this with me. Yeah. If we ain't agree on this shit, yeah. then we ain't agree on this shit. I just wish that, you know, people would understand that when we plan something, we need to stick to the plan. Yeah. Because it doesn't make great episodes when you go off the plan. And like I said, maybe it's because I am a very old-school thinker in this this field. And maybe sometimes people can can thrive well being disorganized. I can't. And I'm disorganized. And I've realized that I just cannot thrive well in disorganization. So none of the subjects were being talked about. And then there's just certain things that were happening behind everything. One, we was drinking, let's be honest. We were drinking things that we barely don't we don't drink on the regular, so that may have influenced some things. But it just got to a point where I just felt like certain things were being repeated too much. We're sticking on the topic for too long, and I just was like, "What the fuck? All this shit!" Like I will block a lot of things out when I'm writing these shows. And- I take time away from time I, I should have with other people to do what I need to do. I was frustrated. I was prepared for the show that I, that we wrote together, that we all put together all these subjects for. And it became absolutely, absolutely zero of those topics were even being talked on. And the things that were being talked on, I was, was not prepared to even have that conversation yet. Because I didn't want to chime in on something that I just didn't care or feel strongly about anymore. So I just felt like maybe the switch turned off. And like maybe Charles just figured out, oh my God, I'm in a room with, with at least seven niggas around me. I don't know. But I snapped. I told everybody to have control over their fucking show. That's it, and that really wasn't it. <laughs> I went online, but not after I had a conversation with my mom, who of course got mad at me for yelling at her. But she told me, like, you need to stop doing that. I don't know why you stopped doing what you did with Gem Radio. But I loved every single thing that you did with that shit. You was interviewing people. You was having people telling their stories. You was on your way to being what you really wanted to be in that space. And you threw it away. I don't know why. But you threw it away. Well, unknowing this to my mom, I threw it away because I began to develop a plan. I began to develop a plan where Jam Radio was not going to be a free-to-play experience for artists. I wanted to start making money off of my damn platform. But also, I wanted people to invest in themselves. Just like, how do you invest in these these, these uh, video directors? Just like, how do you invest in these? What I was planning on doing with these interviews is putting ads for these interviews so people can see them. Because I'm, I've been doing Google Ads for such a long damn time, and it was best for me to use that expertise that I've had. But I was gonna have these artists pay for the pay for it and I'll do the work. But you're also gonna pay me for doing video. You're gonna have to help me pay off my, my engineer for studio time. Cause now I was planning on making Jam Radio a place that was of a, a, a show that was gonna be recorded in a studio. As of, you know, when it used to be done in my house. I couldn't be doing that shit no more I couldn't be doing that but the the amount of pushback I had and people telling me that I need to find ways to make money differently what I do what I'm, what I'm thinking of doing is, is an old way and it needs to stop and I was just like after that I just sat there and I was just was like well okay no more show I I put my I put my own to that show I put people don't understand how much work goes into your craft and some people just want you to do shit because you love the culture that you're a part of but to be honest with you, and let's all be honest with ourselves, who the hell would want to do what they're great at doing just for free? I'd rather do everything that I love doing for a price than doing what I don't do. what I don't like. For a price. If I can get money doing interviews, doing podcasting, I do that shit every fucking day because I love it. So that, it discouraged me. It then make me really want to give that, give that platform any more of my time. So my dumbass took to Twitter of all places to talk about it, how I felt, how I felt. Because I couldn't really tell them how I felt there. I'm in the moment, but no excuses. Pretty much, I just said, I should have never, I should have never let go of Jim Radio. I should have never let these people get into my head. And they have no business at And these people have no business at whatsoever. And, you know, what happened today was, I just didn't like the episode that we recorded. I'm a person who's very old school in the thinking of doing what's planned. And that did not happen today. So I was just disappointed and I'm frustrated. But there's more to that. Well, I didn't say that part, but I was telling you there's more than that. So what came to a head was the call of all everybody being upset about the whole yelling about what I said on, on about what I said on Twitter. And to be honest in my mind I didn't think it was that serious, really didn't, but when, so I, when people thought the business savvy part and me throwing away gym radio was about them, and I was like, wait a minute, that wasn't about you, you never said that to me, and I, I just was like sitting here like, okay, here we go, so I just wanted to sit and take my lashes, because people believe what they believe. I'm not here to tell people how to believe on anything. It is what it is about that situation. I know we've 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 gotten past that, but I'm just unpacking a lot. And um, I just remember going into my living room and crying. Cause I felt everything. I felt the all the time, the money, the everything. All that time I could have spent that time. I could've spent my time with my mother. I was angry. I was super angry. I, I, I diminished everything that that show meant to me that that night because of how I felt that night, and it's not true. I really enjoyed that show. I I, I find it hard to listen to these episodes because I realize how much I fucked it up because I was angry, and I'm setting my way. You know, there were certain things, other things that contributed to people's dissension with me. That's fine. You know, they didn't like that I mentioned our cartoonists. The cartoonist for the um, the cartoonists for the um, the show who did the um, the cover. Uh, they felt that I was diminishing the good things. That Black Madonna's done. And I'm like Me? The ministry. Her. I I just felt a certain way about that. I just was like, I would never. It was just a lot of shit that I just I thought, well. I didn't even want to defend myself. Yeah. Fuck that shit. It was, <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it all. Like, it really was, it just was, no. I wasn't going to defend myself anymore. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. When, when certain names were being thrown around, I just really sat there and been like, that you know I want my friends back and I hated the fact that it had to be at this time I didn't like that because a lot of people started showing their faces during that time the people who I said abandoned me but I've been there for them Not talking about them, because they were there for me. A holy through the way. It just took that one instant of me. And I knew a part of me knew. A part of me knew I was gonna do that. I was gonna alienate my friends. I knew it was coming. And I did not prevent it at all. I just I did not I felt it coming. I don't know why I felt that shit. It just made no sense to me. But as I'm in the living room, it's just blowing my fucking eyes out because I just, I'm just like, I, I just maybe I can't take fucking confrontation. I mean, maybe I am, but maybe I'm also going through some bullshit. I'm going through a lot, and maybe it's a bit too much for me at this point. I felt the moment when I said I lost everything. But my mom looked at me and said, you didn't lose everything. I really felt in my mind there was a spirit somewhere saying, you ain't lose everything just yet. Because... all together (sighs) as I'm sitting in the the living room with my mom she puts her legs up and I just start seeing these rashes and it looks horrible it was like dots red dots on her legs and I was like "Where where the fuck that came from Maybe I just didn't notice or I just didn't see it before, but I was like, did you call your nurse navigator? Did you call, just know, like, do you tell anybody about this? And he said, yeah, I talked to my nurse navigator and it's, it's, an, it's just an allergic reaction. An allergic reaction? I've seen allergic reactions that you've had. It is not like this. And I guess my mom was just covering it up because it was not only on her legs. It was on her arms. It was on her back. It was it was bad. And then it just got to a point where these little dots became open sores after a while. Because she was scratching it so much, but then after a while, it became really bad. Like, I... It seemed like my mom's legs returned into Freddy Krueger skin. That's how bad shit was getting. Every time she walked, her legs would blush gut, would blush blood, and she would freak the fuck out. And she, but she would never want to go to the goddamn hospital. I'm just saying, like now you're being retarded at this point. This shit ain't normal. And, you know, she, she went off on her home, I'm in the house, and she falls on the damn floor. Which I'm like, fuck. Why? You know you having issues walking, why the hell you going off on your own? You're not telling me nothing, you're just being quiet. <laughs> Sneaking around. And... That became the beginning of my mom just having a vitriol towards me. Like she would just be have her hostility just aimed at me the whole time. Like she said, you can't pick me up, you can't pick up anything. And I'm just sitting here like, do you want to beat your ass up off the ground? Let me even attempt to get you up. Not just attempt, let me get my arms around you so I can actually get you up. I ain't even touch you yet and you making these damn assumptions. So yeah, I was I was like, where is all this anger coming from? And it, it just I think that was it. The mom I once loved, respected, I still will love to this very day, was losing herself. she never treated everybody else that way. It was just me. She was happy to see everybody else. That's why I just felt like. When we was at the. I'm not going to talk about that. Some people just don't understand. About themselves. But um. we had to end up taking him to the hospital thank god my, my, my uncle had to be of voice of reason because it just this was getting out of hand and of course it got to the point where we had to find some paperwork in terms of you know in terms of you know if My mom was to die, or my mother was to lose consciousness, and you know the—I forgot what the hell it's called. Right to attorney, whatever it's called, I don't know what it's called. I forgot. And then talking about palliative care, and everything was just moving a bit too fast for me. Um, my mom could barely walk because of this treatment. They stopped treatment. They stopped treatment. I would visit her in the hospital every two days, every day or a couple days out of the week, you know, just to see certain people who were working on her and then there was this one day my mom called I guess my aunt was my aunt was down and she got a call from my mom on and she put her on a speaker and she was screaming, I don't wanna die. And I'm getting ready to go to the hospital already. But now I'm going in in speed mode because I'm trying to figure out who the fuck said this to my mom. My mom at the time was under the impression that she was going to be going to rehab. Because that's where she needed to go in order for her to get her, her, her strength up. But we kept not getting approved for rehab. So we had to start doing, we started working on rehab at home. And we tried that. Some days were good, some days were just not, just weren't, nothing was was being done. And we got to a point where it got worse. She couldn't eat. She wasn't eating enough. And then it got to a point where if she ate something, she'd be throwing it up. But it really got to a point where she just couldn't move and couldn't eat and we had to send her back to the hospital. Yeah. And now we're talking with her doctor and there's the first moment I get in there the doctor's talking to me talking about we need to put her in hospice care. And I'm like, okay. Even though my mom is, is alert and doing what she's doing for herself, but they got this doctor telling me this, but then you're gonna have the other doctor telling me that we, we got treatment for her. And I'ma go a little bit more deeper into this. Oh, oh, we got treatment, or we got this, we got that for, for this, so you can notice about your loved one. When she there, if they ever, God forbid. If they ever had to go through this. So of course they're talking about putting her. In hospice. I said no we want to get her in the rehab. The problem of the matter is that we kept getting. We kept getting rejected from the rehab we wanted to put her in. And we had to settle with Harborview. Which I'm going to tell you something about Harborview. The worst. Fucking. Place. Ever. You hear me? The first day of me walking into that fucking establishment, I saw my mother butt ass naked, her robe sitting on the goddamn AC, and I'm just sitting here like, why the fuck they in dress? You've been here for over at least twelve hours. There's no way in hell you should be looking like this. I'm seeing rat I mean, I'm seeing rat turds all in the room. Roaches every now and then. That's the worst fucking place for a rehab. And it's people who actually live in that place. The place is the most dirtiest fucking place. And it sapped the life out of me. Every time going into that building. Being in that building for hours on end. Just to be with my mom. That shit was the worst place in the fucking world. Harborview. On... In the Heights, wherever the fuck in, of Jersey City, fuck that place. Straight up. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to anybody who felt this was going to be curse-free. I, this is how I feel to the bottom of my goddamn soul. Thank God that they were able to, 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 to see that my mom was running low on oxygen to send her to Christ Hospital, but Just oh man, that that place that place fucking hurt me, man. I, I I just was like, why why here? My mom didn't deserve to fucking have all her, her last days trying to get her get herself acclimated, trying to get her body right here because this, this place does not make me feel motivated. It's so dark here. Is oh man, that place was horrible. And every time I kept telling these people, stop feeding her certain things, they would feed her certain things that, that was going to make, make her stomach problems worse. I was aggravated with that place. I, 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 if they tell you Harborview is a place for your loved one to go to, for, for rehab or whatever the fuck, get, so go somewhere else, please. Don't ever go to that place. I don't care. I don't care who, whose feelings are hurt. I don't care. I don't fucking care. Don't. Not at all. (sighs) So, this day fucks with me a lot. The day that me and my aunt, her older sister, we go together. And we're trying to get her to move and because she... Always kept asking me to pick her up, so she can she can try, she can attempt to walk, and she just would not show any effort, or just she didn't have it in her to move. So I'm using my entire body to, to lift her up, and she would just sit right back down and lay down. Oh, let me go back a little bit to how bad the pain was. When she had the problem with the the adverse reaction to to immunotherapy. My mother could not even sit down in her seat. She couldn't sit down. She couldn't put her feet on the floor. That's how bad the pain was. And I I didn't understand why. So every time she felt the pain, she'd run back to her bedroom, into the bed, and jump right in the bed. That's how bad the pain was. So I can I can attest to the fact that maybe her legs are were done completely From the feet all the way up to the hip. This is man, I'm really I'm really digging. I'm digging real hard. I'm really digging. My mom didn't deserve this. She didn't deserve that at all. Sometimes you just can't pick what you deserve, huh? My mom was such a good person. I found out, even though I already knew, I found it out through all the people she touched in life. And that's why I just can't believe it. All the things, but you know, so me and her sister we tried picking her up, and she kept telling us, Let her go. And it got to a point that her and her sister got into an argument, and she said, I'm not letting you go, and I just I had to sit down. Cause the more I looked at my mom, I just have you ever watched the one you love deteriorate before your very eyes? I watched the one who birthed me, the one who raised me. The one who told me so much about this world. The one who made sure that I always was good. The one person who made sure that I fucking got my education where I needed to get my education. The person who made sure I always was right in the head. The one who always gave me unconditional love. I saw her deteriorate day after fucking day. All while a pandemic was fucking happening. All while my job was just shitting on me every chance they could. Just to complain about every little thing. When some other people were getting away with things that I couldn't get away with. So I knew I wasn't doing any of the shit they were doing. But they were getting away with so much shit that they asses could have been getting those same lectures. Those same, those same people just coming at them for shit. I watched my mom deteriorate before my very eyes. Not only in how she looked, but in her mind. And I ain't gonna lie. All the way out, she had some fire for your ass. All I can tell you is that after that day, my aunt told my mom, like, He's not gonna come back here for for a while, because I was coming in there every day. I was tr- I was really overdoing it. I was really overdoing it, and it, it, it had a profound effect on me. And the more like people would tell me, Charles, your your time is two hours. and After two hours, you leave. I was trying to be there for the whole fucking day. That was stupid. Because <laughs> I had to realize how much this shit really had an effect on me mentally and physically. Because when I was coming back to work, my body just didn't feel the same anymore. I was going into cars feeling weird. Like I'm a big dude. So I have a way I have to get into a car and I just felt weird getting in the car because my body just didn't feel right anymore. I was lifting a whole person up every now and then to to make them do certain things and then and then my body was just telling me like, yeah nigga, chill the fuck out. I left that room. Yeah, I didn't tell my mother bye. I did tell her bye, but I didn't tell her I love you. So had to uh, text her, which I knew she was not accepting any of that shit. Because she wasn't answering her phone. She wasn't talking as much. But I said, I'm sorry if I've ever made you feel upset. I just really want you to know I want you to do well and I want you to get back up and running. Because, you know, her doctors were optimistic And we was trying to get her back on the immunotherapy, but try to do a different way of dosaging. And then I started really seeing and her legs cleared up completely. You know, it messed up her skin. But then I also, when we started redoing the the therapy again, I started seeing those dots come back. He was uh, was under the impression that he can try a different type of chemotherapy, which would be a a low-grade chemotherapy. And it may not have the best of, best of reaction, but it would have been a better, it would probably be, it probably would have been a good thing. But, but by, by that time, Friday, I mean, Thursday night, I get a call saying that they had to take my mom to the hospital because she was low on oxygen. So I'm calling Christ Hospital. I've ne- we've never been to Christ Hospital before. So, I'm calling Christ Hospital, trying to see if everything is okay. And she was like, I guess, no, I wasn't talking to her, I was talking to the nurse. And he was telling me what she was saying and certain things. Like, she's coherent. She knows who she's talking for. She knows who she's asking for. She was asking for me. But, you know, I had to, like, spearhead the whole me having to get on, um... Had getting these signatures so I can be on family medical leave. So when I got when I got off Friday, I went and I went to um, to her doctor's office, her her cancer doctor's office, got the paper signed, and we talked a little bit about what they wanted to do. And he was, a, he was a bit, uh, like, I got to be honest with you. I've never been to any of her cancer doctor's um, appointments. My uncle went to all of them. And he really struck me as a brash kind of guy. That he would just do anything to fight the disease. Even those, putting anything in their bodies would probably fuck them up. And this is where I got to get a little bit more deeper into this medical system. This medical system. But let me fast forward this story. After I get the signatures, I go right home. And as I open the door, they tell me that my mom is on life support. So I take the day off and... um I guess the news travels fast. My my cousin, um, Mike, hits me up. Say, yo, where, where are you? So when are you going to the hospital? so I'm going immediately. So I get into the hospital. We go into the ICU. My mom is there. She's opening her eyes. And she's like, oh, my God, you found me. These people kidnapped me, and I just started dying laughing. <laughs> I thought it was just the most funniest thing. the where I said, "No, mama, no, they did not kidnap you. You weren't you weren't doing too well where you were at, and they had to give you a change of scenery. Which I ain't gonna lie, this is pretty nice, a pretty nice room as compared to the room that you were in. And you know, she didn't really want. It. To make for a big conversation, but more, as the day progressed, doctors kept coming in wanting to talk with me about some steps they wanted to do. And all while I was just thinking that yeah, my mom's—if she gets this, she'll be just fine. You got—you had to start realizing some fucking things. No, that's not what's gonna happen. I started really looking at my mom and realizing how bad it is. But I didn't want to have it where I just made the decision. So I had this, this woman come to me, this doctor come to me, and like try to show me videos on how we can get this fluid extracted out of her at home so she won't have an issue like with, with the fluid thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, her kidneys are doing bad. She might have to be on dialysis. That was one of the biggest things that we had to find out about this Contruder shit. This Contruder shit fucking flatlined her kidneys at one point. And that's why the, the skin thing had an issue. The skin was the problem. The skin problem happened. The shit flatlined her kidneys. But now it's flatlined to a point that she really is going to need dialysis. So she's going to need a shunt put into her, which we just had it removed. We just had it removed three days ago. So the more I was just hearing certain things that could be done, I was just in my mind, like, looking at her. Can she take that? In her current state? Oh, honestly, I don't think that you can. You know, and then we sitting down and we having a conversation and then I'm just talking to Mike and Mike was telling me there's no wrong decision and there's no correct decision in any of this. But we went back to her, I went back to her and she was like, all right, you you can go, take your cousin with you. And I guess, you know, she had some words with Mike because, you know, Mike's, Mike, she loves Mike. She loves Mike. That's her, that's her, that's one of her favorite nephews. She loves Mike, she loves some Kenny. Those are her favorite nephews. But I guess she told her, like, she told him, like, to have my back which is something that we have each other's back that's my that's my bro yeah he made me be my, my cousin but Mike is a brother to me and it is what it is with that so we went home and mother's day was coming up and They called me and they told me that we need to have a conversation with you about certain things. And I had to call my uncle, who was like 45 minutes away, in a different town, and say, hey, um, they want to have a conversation with us. And yeah, I think you should be here. And he got there as soon as possible. As I came over, saw the my mom, mom had her good friend. And my aunt there and they were just sharing laughs together and even though she was in and out, I just held her here. I told her happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day was the day I had to sign off for her going to hospice care. So yeah. If that's the way for you to not forget. About Mother's Day. It's just, I have to know, that's the thing. I had to give up all hope on my mom being here anymore. I had to give up hope on my mom not being here no more. On that day. They told us that the cancer was spreading so much that all it was making was tumors throughout her entire body. All that bullshit that was being said about all these things they could have put in her body, make her body feel like, had some relief, it wouldn't have done shit. It wouldn't have have been making her a science experiment at this point. And I wasn't cool with that. It was like, you would be putting all these things into this woman's body. It would just make her look crazy at this point. And I, I I wanted her to have a fair shake. And she probably answered it the best way that she could. Because she rejected any sense of them even wanting to put this, put these things into her body. She said, no, I don't want this tube. No, I don't want this. No, I don't want that. And I, that gave me my answer. That made it easy for me to just say, she ain't allowing it. And that's it there's no decision that needs to be made she made a decision that's all I want she made that she made the decision on her own and I'm gonna I'm going to go with her wishes cause when I sat down with my mom she told me she couldn't really tell me anything but she said no more business I said mom what, what do you mean she just said no more business I got you. Don't even worry. I ain't gonna let these motherfuckers hurt you no more. You know I'm gonna love you forever. She couldn't say it, but she mouthed it. I saw it. That meant a lot. It was a it was a rough couple of weeks. So they ended up transferring her to hospice. First it was in it was in um, Christ for a little bit and then they transferred to the one that was across from the courthouse. So I finally get there. I was being, I was almost late. And I walk in, they're probably still there putting her together and they, they must have just got her in. And I just sat with her. She couldn't speak. She was looking up. She was surprised I was there. Days before, I was getting in contact. Well, at first I had to get her all her belongings from that, from Harborview and her phone. And I called every single person on that phone and I had to tell them the situation that What was going on was going on, and people poured out completely because my mom was really that person. You can't, like, when my mom actually passed away, I had to say, I never met none of these people. Some of these people that had things to say for but people were so hurt. People were so hurt. She did so much for a lot of people. That's why I just, you know, I'm glad my mom did was who she was, who she was you know. So I see her at the at the hospice I hold her hand now no longer does not have anything blocking the way and I just tell her about all the good things in the world that you've done see not everybody could accomplish this at such a short time I'm proud I'm happy that God made me your son. And I'm glad that God made you my mom. You've done so much for me. I wish I could I could give back to you. It's going to hurt for a while. But I'm going to tell you, I trust my family because I was going through a period where I just don't think I was going to trust my family I knew what we're capable of doing and I just like in only says sense I'm not trusting them I just don't want people in my business it just feels like we can be a little bit intrusive and we don't need to be but I did not understand why you're intrusive we want to make sure that we're actually okay and I have to grow with that I don't like People being intrusive. Cause that means I just have to explain myself, and I don't want to. I have something I have to work on, but I'm gonna work on it. Cause I'm a growing person. I even told my mom that if I have a daughter, I, I gave her a name. I'm not gonna say it on here because I know the first daughter I have will have my mom's as a name as a, as a middle name. Too bad. <laughs> but I told her I love you. i see you tomorrow. Because these people really said that she could probably go in weeks, months. And I just sat in my, and I, I had to be a realist and say, my mom has not eaten a goddamn thing in two weeks. <laughs> so, um, I think I think we're looking at days here. And now that you're making it where she's still not gonna be eating or drinking water. Uh, there's no way. There is no freaking way. no way. So I'll hold her hand, give her a kiss, I kissed her hand knocking the the covers off of her pushing it off of herself I brought her phone and I put Spotify on it and I found her playlist which had like 600 damn songs on it from rap to gospel to everything it was just ridiculous but I found all her gospel records that she loved so much I had to play all before she passed Because two two hours after I left that building my mother passed away. In closing I want to talk about All the people who throughout this journey is no longer with us. My uh, aunt, cousin, Charlisa, who died of COVID. uh, A good friend. My um, cousin's boyfriend, Jose. Those deaths took a toll on me, too. Because I always, when I met Charlisa for the first time, I ended up finding out I had another aunt somewhere when I was in middle school. And I was doing the joint activities. And I met her for the first time through school, through a school, through doing that, in Camp Bernie or something like that. It's crazy how I remember this stuff. And we always kept in touch, or we always kept seeing each other and giving you drugs and stuff like that. I never really had the best of a relationship, but she always was a great person. She dealt with some some terrible loss herself, including both of her parents, her dad and her mom to cancer. So she really hasn't been And it's understandable. But she had, she had family That had her back Her to die Of COVID or her, it, The way it happened was wrong It sucked Because she was such a good person Jose was, Jose passing Shocked me Completely It really put me in like a place where I really remember the day when he was walking the Chili's and seacocks from the hotel. He was telling me how he, how much he loved my cousin. There's certain verbiages and certain things and phrases that you use that that shows that you found a soulmate in a person. And I knew what he was saying was legit, and I never had no malice towards him dating my 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 cousin because I knew he truly loved him. And it sucks that he's not here. He is, he was he was a great dude. Um, Mom, I just want. You to know that I thank you for everything. I thank you for always having faith in me, for always pushing me, for always yelling at me when I need to be yelled at. It's been, it's been since May. Hasn't it? It's been since May. It still hasn't been that easy. Holidays are coming, and yes, this shit ain't gonna be easy. But I'm gonna work through it. I'm gonna work through it. I'm gonna make you proud. That's all I can do. I'm gonna make myself, I'm gonna... I'm going to be happy one day. And that's what I want to work on. I ain't been happy for a very long time. For a very, very long time. I think you deserve... I think your spirit deserves to see me happy. I'm going to work with it. I love you. Thank you. And thank you for all of you tuning in. Like, this has been emotional. I, I can't believe I went for this damn long by myself. But uh, I knew this was going to take longer because I had a lot of things to talk about. Things to unpack, and now I never want to talk about this again. Maybe from, maybe little bits in there, but not this extensive ever again. (sighs) Because this, this, this wasn't fun. And um, this is accordingly. And I'll see you next time.